Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. If you were with us, well, not even an hour ago. About 45 minutes ago, we were chatting with Dr. Leslin Lewis, one of the uh, candidates for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada, and she was talking about her concerns over some of the policies that Ottawa has, that she feels, targets the energy sector and the agriculture sector. She's not alone in that. And you know what? Taking a look at it on the surface, there's definitely some concerns around some of these policies. And if you've listened to the show, you know I've said many, many times, it seems to me we often get overly ambitious and forget about the realities of the situation and they don't always match up. And then, um, you know, we blow past all of the emissions targets that we've talked about for so we, we haven't hit one, not one. Um, and, uh, you know, now we see different countries going back on coal because they have to, all kinds of things, right? The ambition is great. It would be nice, but it doesn't drive with reality all the time. But now the latest uh, news from the federal government, you heard about this. Um, the environment minister talking last week about the new targets that have been brought in for not only agriculture, but the oil and gas sector. Uh, really one of the main focuses here, talking about reducing emission levels to 42% below 2019 levels by 2030. Really ramping up the pace here. Our next guest says this is just another example, as Dr. Lewis says, of Ottawa policies really targeting Western Canada, unfairly. We're going to chat now with Dr. Bill Buick. Uh, Dr. Buick is the Executive Director of Fairness Alberta. Uh, Bill, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time today. Uh, Thank you for having me, Shay. This is a very important topic, and and the more people that understand why it's so flawed, the better. Yeah, let's get into it. First of all, I mean, it is a big change, right, in terms of the reductions, but the 42% below 2019 levels by the end of the decade, that really speeds things up and does make it much more difficult for the oil and gas sector. It does, and it's it's sort of frustrating because the goalposts seem to keep moving, and that's the worst possible thing for a sector where you're trying to attract people that want to you know, make multi-billion dollar investments over a 20 or 30 year time frame. Uh, we had a very attractive uh, place for that in the 90s, and we're now really uh, getting the, the benefits from that after all the capital's been paid off and the royalties start coming in. And with the uncertainty and the, and the goal posts keep moving, you know, either, either do a carbon tax or do a clean fuel standard or set some targets for people to reach, but we're, we're getting just hit after hit after hit, and it's clear that it's, or it's not clear where this, federal government currently is going to to let up on it and say okay that's good we're going to leave it there you know operate your business now and so it's it's very uncertain a place for people to invest and it's really unfair to Albertans. I think you make a great point. It has shifted so much. It's moved so much. And you know what? It has never been met. We haven't met any of these goals. The uncertainty that's been built in around this has been a mess. But uh, there were some industry insiders last week, Bill, who said, hey, this is what we want. This is some certainly, at least we know the the field we're playing on. Do you not think that maybe that's part of what they're trying to do here, that maybe it does build in some of the certainty you're talking about? Well, yes and no. Uh, I guess, uh, have they ever said, this is the last one we promise? I don't think so. 
and and this target is in a very big target, very hard to reach, very expensive to get to, and in a very short time. The the rules for this aren't going to come out until next year, so companies basically have uh, seven years to for, cut their emissions forty two percent. You know, if everything goes great on carbon capture, that really helps. But it's just a hyper aggressive target, and and as I pointed out in my column one that no one else is being expected to reach. Uh, so the, the, it's certainly not the case that the transportation sector needs to hit, reach that target. It's not the case that uh, the auto sector has to reach that target or the uh, in heavy industries in Quebec certainly don't have to reach that target. And so it starts to feel like, if, if, you know, if, if the oil sands and the big energy deposits were somewhere uh, in between Ontario and Quebec, uh, they would not be the ones expected to carry all the weight for this uh, federal government's climate ambitions. What is it, but an industry has a pretty good time. I mean, they're 39%, right? So, I mean, they're, they're looking at a fairly sizable target, 32% for transportation. So it's not that far off. I mean, you're right. Absolutely, oil and gas at 42% is larger. Electricity is 88%, though. So is it fair to say it targets only one sector? Uh, it, it targets this sector much higher than the others, and and it's also a, a sector that the the federal government can can kind of enforce much more than say transportation, sure, yeah. because you know transportation's everywhere. Uh, there's cars, there's buses, there's trains, like airplanes. Are they really? Do we really think they're going to be able to reach that goal of transportation? And then who would they penalize if they didn't? Whereas the energy sector is is in a sort of certain place and it has a special relationship with the government and they can actually turn up the the screws on it and make sure it alone re- reaches its goals this time. Now we know industry has uh, or many of the players in industry have their own net zero plans by 2050 so it seems like between 2020 and 2050 sort of the start and the end we can agree on it's what happens in the middle territory where we're having this argument. Um, now, the- exactly. And, and I, you know, it's fine for a company to set its own corporate goal for that. And, and they can sell that to shareholders and shareholders can support it. And people can buy stocks if that's the way they want to go. But it's just this heavy handed mm-hmm. government intervention that that, you know, keep in mind that our energy producers are competing against companies that operate in countries that have no carbon goals. Uh, you know, our biggest competitors are in the States where they've been talking lately about starting to do this, but there's no carbon tax in Texas. There's no carbon tax in, in North Dakota. Never mind something as aggressive as a 42% reduction by 2030. So, yes, uh, the, corporate, the corporate responsibility is a real thing, and they are pursuing that on their own, uh, even at the expense of some of the competitive advantages. But when the government comes in and, and we have bureaucrats from Ottawa telling the sector what it needs to do, uh, that just detached, it's detached entirely from the reality of them competing against businesses in places like the States and places like Russia and, uh, and the Middle East, where nobody cares about the environment. Sorry to be a bit little. No, you're, about you're it, absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. We're, we're, it's not a level playing field for sure. Uh, I'm no. wondering. We've like we've said we, uh, these targets have been said before have never been met. Um, we were big fans in this country at the, in Ottawa of making these grand proclamations that never come to pass. Uh, indeed, with this one, when they outlined the goal within a day or two, the environment minister is back in front of the camera saying, "Well." 
we can move it by a couple of years if we have to. I mean, how the consultation period is now underway. How hard and fast do you think these rules will be? And do you think they'll even be enforced? Well, again, that's part of the problem. It is. Uh, and it, 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 it's, it's almost as bad, though, for the investment to be saber-rattling about these things, even if you are admitting you might not ever deliver them. They don't know that. And so it's hard for anybody to to plan on making investments to help Alberta produce more uh, energy. And when you look at the world, the problem with all of this is that it's almost like it's a a 2020 campaign and it doesn't realize what's happened in the last year. Yeah, Uh, The world is gripped by energy insecurity and Europe being at the mercy of Vladimir Putin because they can't find other sources for their basic energy. Uh, There's about to be a major food crisis in the world when Ukraine's production goes offline and people are going to be starving so you've got and europe in the hands of russia just to heat their homes and you've got people in other places that are going to be starving these are the things gripping the world right now and our government is just laser focused obsessed on climate ambitions now those climate ambitions uh whatever their merits when you pursue them aggressively you you are producing less food and less energy and you are fueling inflation around the world because those are the two big drivers of inflation. So it just seems completely out of touch with where the world is at right now. And Albertans are going to be paying a heavy cost, but it, it also impoverishes Canada. And then it also doesn't actually help the world. So that's the campaign we're trying to, to get across to people is that who are we actually helping here? And are we actually making the world better? Even if we did sacrifice all of these uh, potential uh, sales of energy resources and food. And I guess that's the question, Bill. I mean, I don't think anybody's advocating for, uh, let's just throw all climate change policy out the window and damn the torpedoes. But I think you're right. We're in a situation where there's a couple of major crises that are taking place around the globe. And we have to be able to be flexible and considerate of the fact that there are some needs that need to be met no matter what we would like the world to look like. These are the realities that we face. Yeah, and, and I think uh, it, it's, it's fine to, to, for people to think that the climate issue is the most pressing one that we have to keep our eye on. Mm-hmm. But we can't, you, you, nobody can really argue that, but it doesn't matter if it means we're giving all these sales to Vladimir Putin and extending his power over Europe. That, that, nobody can just dismiss that as a very serious consideration right yeah, now. Very true. And you can't say, you know, I don't care if it means uh, millions of people starving over the next five years. As long as we're using less nitrogen in our fertilizer, we're doing our part to meet climate goals. Well, if the cost is, you know, people starving around the world, uh, then no, I don't think that is a fair calculation. We, we need to have a bigger picture. I mean, even if you look at ESG metrics, the environmental social governance metrics, uh, you'd think that the only thing that matters is the emissions based on how this government operates. But I like to think that Canada has a lot more going for it than just lowering emissions, which it is doing. It's also the place where I think most countries would rather send hundreds of billions of dollars for energy needs as opposed to sending them to Vladimir Putin and Middle East dictators. So it just it needs to be a bigger picture look at this and not only focused on climate emissions. Bill, we agree. <laughs> There's not much to debate. I agree with much of you, what you're saying, and I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, sir. Thanks, and we're trying to share the word in Ontario and BC and get kind of like-minded Canadians to, to be more aware of these things. So if people can go to fairnessalberta.ca and uh, 
share the word and give us some support if you can. We'd really appreciate it. Great. Thanks very much, 